welcome to this episode of the Be a Better Bard podcast. I'm your co-host, Burley. And I'm Alex. And today we are talking about sidekicks. You're the lovable duo. Yeah. Not so lovable. Second fiddle. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a bummer. So yeah, let's let's jump right into it. What is what is a sidekick? A sidekick is a partner to your main hero. The term sidekick comes from old like Cockney slang. A kick was um, the front pocket in your pants. So your most important things you put in your front side pocket. So a sidekick is is your 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 best friend, your most important yeah thing to keep next to you. From a literary standpoint, sidekicks kind of, they're a tool for you to use to accentuate your main characters, essentially. Uh, there's a couple different sidekicks, and they each kind of play different roles. And you can hodgepodge them all together. So, mm-hmm. for example, there's a comedic sidekick. And a lot of times, your hero is a very straight-laced, straightforward character. And your hero will act as kind of an opposite of that, to keep your story lighthearted. Like C-3PO and R2-D2. Yeah, C three exactly PO like is the straight man, and R two D two is always telling jokes. Yeah, Disney has kind of pushed that even further and pushed the um, comedic sidekick into the animal sidekick. When you have a princess going off doing princessy stuff, they're normally not the ones cracking jokes. Their little yeah. pet animal right next to them is the one getting into shenanigans. You're, so you're plushies. You're Ariel and Flounder. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's the foil. And what the foil is, is they're, they're used to show how impressive the hero is. So normally this sidekick isn't a bumbling idiot. They're normally pretty good. Like in a different story, they might even be the hero. But they're used to show that your hero is even more badass. So that would be more like uh, Batman and Robin, right? Yeah, like Robin's pretty impressive. Um, I was a big fan of Hercules back in the 90s. So like Eolus. Eolus could probably be a hero in another story. Sure, but Hercules yeah. is more impressive. I think, yeah, and along with the Hercules thing, uh, Xena and her sidekick, the, the Gabrielle. Bl- Gabrielle, thank you. Um, I think there was a while where Gabrielle just went off and did her own thing. Yeah, she basically became a ninja. Yeah, she was like, okay, I got to go have my own adventures now, Xena. And then yeah. came back and was a sidekick again. But but those are always the sidekicks that are like, you know, like like Robin. Uh, holy cow, what's that? Well, this is my opportunity to tell you what it is. Yep, that's also the, the third is there's the third use for uh, sidekick is exposition. It'll trade oh, okay. off whether the hero or the sidekick doesn't know doesn't know what's going on, but one of them has to be fully aware of the world around them while the other one doesn't. And a good example of this one is Harry Potter. Harry Potter's new this world. He has no idea what's going on. He always has Ron right next to him and be like, oh, no, idiot. Chess pieces move on their own and frogs are chocolate. That's wizard chess. Just call it a different game. Why is it the same rules? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not cool if it's the same rules. Okay, so, uh, what else? What else you got? Uh, those are the three main ones for me. Just like breaking down the rules of the sidekick. Okay, yeah. I mean, I think sidekicks are a pretty self-explanatory thing. Yeah, um, there's... it's it's a literary device, not something that like, you know, it's not like we have to say these are the original tribes of sidekicks. Yeah, the, the first sidekick was actually the vice president to George Washington. And no one knows who the fuck that was. There you go. Yeah, nobody, nobody remembers the sidekicks. They don't even show up in every movie. I did my research on not only my favorite sidekick, but one of my favorite characters ever, Luigi Mario. 
Luigi Mario is the younger brother of Mario Mario, um, famed hero of the Mushroom Kingdom. Their childhood was a simple one. Growing up as second-generation Italian-Americans, they took over their family plumbing business, having been descendants of Venetian City Works veterans. Often, sadly, people just took Mario to be a simple palette swap of his younger, more attractive brother, Luigi. And this led Mario to grow... um, he, he grew up to be a, a more brash person, not a, a mean person, but uh, he, has, he has an urge to impress. Whereas Luigi, he sort of grew, grew up to be a quiet person, trying to, to let his brother have the limelight that he wanted so bad. While they were working together uh, in the family business, uh, Mario was seen in 1981 fighting a giant monkey. So the exposure from his, his uh, altercation with Donkey Kong brought the Mario Brothers plumbing company into the public eye, especially uh, to that of the city director of public works. So they were hired to work in a new bottling facility, testing out the automation of the supply line. And they were also called to work uh, on the New York City sewers, which was like sort of like their big break. But while they were in, down there, um, they discovered an infestation of giant flies, crabs, and turtles. So their investigation of the infestation uh, leads the brothers to find a secret warp pipe, transporting them to another realm known as the Mushroom Kingdom. The brothers are then swept into a series of adventures to save the princess of the kingdom and to stop the villainous reptile King Koopa. Luigi's first solo adventure, as it were, was in a, basically was just being accosted by two flying enemies throwing hammers at him. And he had a shield and just protected himself, basically, while Mario went off and went into the deserts and had like a crazy adventure. But yeah, that's basically <laughs> Luigi. He's he's had his own uh, spin-off adventures, uh, uh, solo adventures, not spin-off adventures. You know, he fight, fights ghosts a lot, and he's often seen as being very cowardly. But let's be serious, he's fighting ghosts in a spooky house. Anybody would be scared. Like, we didn't see... Mario just got kidnapped, right? We don't see him when he's in the castle, He's or the mansion. He's just as scared. Anyway, anyway, that's a rant. That's me. So yeah, I love Luigi. I think that, you know, in, in every game that Luigi shows up in, he's he's seen as the sidekick to Mario. But I really think that's just because Mario is so... Uh, he, he has such a need to prove himself because he, you know, he doesn't have any special abilities, especially that Luigi doesn't have. You know, Luigi can jump higher and run faster. Mario can't do that. So I, I think that Luigi is the better of the brothers, personally. The, the, the main reason that I like Luigi a lot is when, when I was in college, I minored in religious studies and um, I got really into Taoism. And there's an aspect of Taoism called the day. And the day is about having one, one of the main tenets of, of Taoism is action without action. You're, you're not supposed to impose your personal will upon the world like let the world happen as it's going to happen and the day is uh day literally means strength or virtue the symbol for day also means growth and um power but luigi symbolizes the day because he has all of these the strength and ability um but he doesn't go looking for trouble he's always there to help when it's necessary but he's never going to um you know, run in to save the day like his older brother, Mario, might. The uh, Another good example of the day would be Piglet from Winnie the Pooh. You know, Piglet 
he's scared, but when somebody needs help, he's always there, right? Yeah. Yeah. So so that's just uh like Lu- Luigi is constantly um struggling against outside influences. You know, he's a gentle soul. Um and that's why we see him, you know, um being quiet, being reticent to go on adventures like in the Mario and Luigi like Superstar Saga series and uh RPG games. I, I have a tattoo <laughs> of of Luigi that is is supposed to be a representation of Luigi and embodiment of the day. He's sort of being chased by a chain chomp and and yeah, he's he's a, a good sidekick because he doesn't want to be a hero. Yeah, he he's he's just there to help, I guess. Yeah, he's just like, yeah. come on, guys, just, can we just can we go back to cart? <laughs> yeah, whatever, like whatever. I've been golfing with my friends. I haven't golfed with my friends in forever. Exactly. He's yeah. He's just a fun guy. I wouldn't be surprised if if he's the one who put together all the sports moments. Yeah. So that's Luigi. I you know I didn't want to go into a whole history about like when the different games came out because I'm more interested in him as a character. Um, sadly, he doesn't have any speaking lines, so we don't know <laughs> like how deep of a character he is, other than Yoho. But yeah, that's that's it. That's that's all I'm doing on Luigi. I am doing Doctor Watson of Sherlock Holmes fame. Oh, Watson made his first appearance in 1887 Sherlock Holmes um, in the study A Study in Scarlet by Sir Arthur Doyle. A study in Scarlet. A study in Scarlet. Oh, okay. I do think it's important to mention that this 1887 novel was heavily influenced by an 1841 short story by Edgar Allan Poe, and that would be Murder in the Rue, or- Murder in the Rue Morgues. In the 1841 Poe story, there is also a narrator that is a sidekick to a genius investigator, and they go around solving crimes. But... The 1841 story ends with the crime being a monkey. <laughs> it's just a monkey killing people in the morgue? Yes, it's just a fucking monkey. <laughs> wow. Remember, I remember reading that one in school and just being like, oh, it was a monkey all along. <laughs> yeah, cool. it, it, Good job, Poe. It was a, such a simpler time. Yeah. Poe po was just like, what if there was a heart under the floor? Wouldn't he that be needed, dark? Yeah, he just needed a break. Yeah. So, Dr. Watson is the sidekick of Sherlock Holmes, and as I mentioned before, the different kind of sidekicks, he's essentially a foil to Holmes. So Dr. Watson's has a pretty good career before he, he meets Holmes. He is a doctor. He uh, studies at St. Bartholomew's Hospital and the University of London. He becomes an assistant surgeon in the British Army, where he serves in the Afghan War, the much earlier Afghan War. <laughs> During the war, he is shot and can't really be in the war anymore so he's just kind of bumming around england trying to find an affordable place to live um what was his do you do you know what his rank was in the war or what he like did and, and he was a surgeon in the war oh a surgeon okay i'm yeah okay during surgery stuff he got shot got sent back to england on um military pay which wasn't much so he had to find a cheap place to live mm-hmm. he basically found a friend that was like hey i know this guy he's a little bit crazy but he has a decent place and it's affordable. And that person ended up being Sherlock Holmes. They met. They're both like, eh, you're kind of weird. But we get along well enough. So he moved into 22 South Baker Street. He's an ex-soldier. He's a guy with a drug problem. Can they live <laughs> together? So as I said, like, even with being shot in the leg, 
he's a well put together dude. Whenever they get into fisticuffs or whatnot, um, Watson is able to hold his own. He's described as strong built, uh, stature either average or slightly above average, thick, strong neck, small mustache. He's essentially described as a Victorian gentleman, which plays off the eccentric genius of Sherlock. Okay, sure. I wish I'd actually done more time. Like I did kind of my general research on Watson. And then mm-hmm. I watched the BBC one with um, Bilbo and Smog. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'll end on this. There is a modern mystery writer called uh, William L. DeAndre who wrote this about Watson. Watson serves the important function of a catalyst to Holmes' mental process. From the writer's point of view, Doyle knew the importance of someone whom the de- who the detective can make enigmatic remarks, a consciousness that's privy to facts in the case without being in the consciousness drawn from until the proper time. Any character who performs these functions in a mystery story has become known as a Watson. So this is a good thing if you're writing a mystery. You have your Sherlock Holmes character spouting out facts. They can see everything that the reader can't quite see because the reader can't quite grasp everything. Right. The reader in this case is Watson. So your main character, who would be Sherlock, but not the narrator, can withhold information, which is a good way to continue a story. So Watson serves as a voice for the reader then. Yes. To basically be like, I hear all of this stuff, but what about this? And then Sherlock can be like, yeah, what about that? Well, this, 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 right? And can they explain everything to you? Okay, cool. Yeah. And yeah, that's Dr. Watson. Great. And so Watson has been around in every Sherlock story or just since the beginning? I would, there's at this point, hundreds of Sherlock stories. Sure. What about, I th- but I think, do you know about just like Conan Doyle's? Oh, Doyle, yeah, I believe he did all the Doyle ones. Okay. And I'm pretty sure he's the narrator in all the Doyle ones too. Ah, Yoru Doyle. I think at some point in the 90s, there was a cartoon where um, both Watson and Sherlock were frozen in ice, and then they unfroze and became cyborgs. Yeah, well, it was, it was Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd century is what the name of the show was. Um, and Sherlock was frozen, but Watson was a cyborg that whose like ai was compiled from all the books but it was the original sherlock who was frozen and then thought out in the 20s it was cool man yeah it was cool (laughs) i just remember the the there was an episode where sherlock was trying to prove how cool he was and he was like i know that you have a penchant for blue raspberry kool-aid and they were like whoa how'd you know that because your tongue is blue (laughs) <laughs> it's like, wow, Sherlock. Joke's on you. This is the future. That actually means I'm a drug addict. <laughs> so I guess here's, here's the, the question for how to create a good, for, for us to create a good um, sidekick. How do we create a sidekick without creating a hero? Like, how do we create, how do we do a sidekick without making the hero the actual focal point of the story that we're going to be writing? Yeah. We can just kind of pick a general hero archetype, like a three or four minute sort of thing. Like, are they like a quiet brooding Conan type? Mm-hmm. Are they like a bumbling idiot Zach Brannigan sort of type? I, I guess um, what genre or medium are we going to work in? Do I feel like fantasy, sci-fi? I feel like our last couple of ones were fantasy do you want to do we almost exclusively do fantasy yeah do we want to do what uh do like a like more modern contemporary sort of thing yeah like um, throw like maybe like it's um superhero 
Okay. But like actual modern day? Yeah. Okay. That's easy. Well, then we have a superhero from another planet, right? Okay. Yeah. And so it's like have... a Martian Manhunter sort of thing? Yeah. And then we would have a a human who is just around to explain how the world works to him. Um, is it taking place on Earth or is it taking place on an alien planet so that we as well as or we as the audience are learning from our sidekick as well? That could be a fun one. Okay. So we've got uh, a human being from Earth has crash landed on this other planet. Turns out he has cool powers on this new planet and we'll figure that out later. Okay. So who, who was our character then? Are they like a, a young teenage person? If they're crash landing, we assume they're probably, I'd say at least 25 to 35. The hero? No, the sidekick. Oh, the person that's crash landing. Oh no, I was saying that the the um, the hero is the person who crash lands on the alien oh, planet, it. and the the sidekick is somebody from the planet who is helping the hero. Okay, yeah, plucky teenager works then. Okay, <laughs> so we've got a plucky teen uh, creature. Um, what's so? What's cool about this planet? I guess I know that we always get into world building, but let's build an entire world. Is it? Is it very futuristic? Is it very primitive? Uh, let's go futuristic. I feel like we already did the primitive planet. Okay, great. Well, then I'm assuming that our our sidekick is probably a human a humanoid. Yeah, let's not go building a ant hive mind. I mean, it could what? be. Yeah. It, it could be cool though if there is a like a sort of hive mind in that maybe this like super advanced civilization has created the internet, but it is fully psychic. And the human is special because they're not tapped into it. So they're like invisible to, you know, to like the government or whatever. I don't know. But then if the sidekick knows anything about the hero, then the entire planet knows anything about everything about the hero. Yeah, but only if the sidekick posts about it on social media. Oh. So it's it's not like a full hive mind where they can like see through each other's minds, but they're, they just like can mentally log on to my face or, or something else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's, what's something else? What like, is, is, is it just that everything is a sufficiently advanced technology that the human can't figure it out or what's so advanced that a modern day human couldn't even fathom it. Maybe they're all robots. <laughs> Gosh, this is, this is the thing that I was, that I knew would be hard is the sidekick is, is always the second thing you write, right? Basically, yeah. And so, like, trying to design a world for a sidekick is very difficult. What if we, well, what if we well, take a fully existing product and create a sidekick for them? <laughs> let's say, well, let's just flip it. The, the alien is still the... An alien crash lands on Earth. Mm -hmm. They can essentially be, like, a Martian Manhunter sort of, like, okay, well, I'm here, like, the Silver Surfer. Okay. So we're not building our world from scratch. Okay, so we're on Earth. How mm -hmm. is how is the alien from outer space not the focal point of the story? How are they at least half as important as a, somebody else? Well, the alien would still be the hero. It, Silver Surfer is still the hero. But oh, we're building a sidekick for Silver Surfer. It. So we're building a human sidekick. Yes. Got it. Doi de doi. That cuts out a lot of the time. Oh, my God. Okay. So... All right, so yeah, we've got a okay, so we've got an alien 
um, and we've got a human taking care of him, and they're a plucky teenager. Yeah. Okay. Maybe maybe the alien only has like big, strong, destroy everything power, or little tiny can't even move around power. Is the is the superhero trying to hide the alien, or is it taking care of the alien in some way? Could be a mix of both. The sidekick, yeah. What if we combined the super small and super powerful? Oh. So it's like a, it's kind of a cute little guy, but it can destroy everything. Sure. It's, it's, it's small, but like hype, maybe it's like a hyper dense or something like that. Yeah. I like that. Uh, What makes, what makes our plucky teenager special then? Just that he is the one that this superhero wants to follow around. Or, or just the one that found the crash. And promised to take care of him or whatever. Yep. Maybe maybe it's a maybe he's an like an unwilling not unwilling, but is just kind of like resentful of it. Like the 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 alien is like Brendan Knowlesby, you will be the one to escort me around town. And he's like, Ah oh, fuck, okay. I got, I got like a date in a half hour. Yeah. You will never have a date again, Brendan Mosley. For you have been chosen. Kiss her now, Brendan Mosley. <laughs> Truly, that was your in. Is, is, is our teenager an actual teenager? Is he, is, is he trying to get through high school? Yeah, I like that. Okay. Okay, I, I kind of like that too. Uh, because then we can have him like going to parties and stuff and get sort of berated by um well no okay i was gonna say have him go to parties and have the superhero like tell him that he's not supposed to be drinking or whatever but then the superhero is the sidekick then he's the foil to our sidekick so we can't we can't create stories for the sidekick we have to create stories for the superhero (laughs) but in doing so make our sidekick interesting or maybe not maybe not interesting but um useful i guess so how does, how is our, I guess, how is our plucky teenager helping the superhero? He's small and he's very powerful. Why does he need the human boy? Let's essentially take the movie E.T. and beef it up. So I think the movie E.T. is boring, all, boring as all shit. Oh, yeah, it's, it's really, really. Flight of the Navigator is a better E.T. But we've just made our E.T. a fucking superhero. So what if instead of being like, oh, I have to make a radio out of like a talking toy from the 80s. What if he's like, no, I'm, I'm, I have superpowers. Your military base is right there. I can just take what I need. Okay. And, and the boy is like, okay, go and do it. Bye. Why, is well, the, we have... why did the boy decide to get wrapped up in this? But I, mean, I, sort of, uh, I sort of get what you're saying. So he's like, I'm a superhero, but I still need to get home. Yeah. Okay, so he's not staying on the planet. Our sidekick is helping him gather the materials he needs. Yep. So maybe maybe our, our, our sidekick is just like pretty intelligent, like wants to go to college, like wants to go to MIT and become like a mechanical engineer. So when, um, yeah, when uh, the alien is trying to describe like, oh, I need, you know, a thrust capacitor, the kid has to be like, oh, well, will this work? It's called a microwave. I don't know. But it's like introducing, like bringing human objects for the alien to use, right? Yeah. I think if the alien's the hero, he'd be out seeking it. Well, maybe the, the alien can't actively go out and seek it because he's spending time fighting criminals. Or 
Al Qaeda? I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe there's a, a second alien force, right? Or the other alien force. Uh, I'm I'm tempted to almost s- steal from Animorphs and say there is an alien force that has already taken our planet, has infiltrated our government, and if they find out that the that this alien is here, then he's not able to get back into space and get back to the real fight. Yeah, I can go along with something like that. So that's why he like he can go out and he has to be more secretive about being just like a super strong thing because there are aliens on the planet that could take him on. And the best thing for him to do is to leave the planet so he can get back up to save the planet. What what's our what's our character's name? I threw out a fake one earlier, but I forgot. I just remember Brendan. But it, I think it should be a name that is fun to say first name, last name. Because I like that, I like the alien talking to him like that. Yeah, um, and and always addressing him by his full name. Um, is, do we? We have friends who are Brennan, so we can do a Brendan. Yeah. What What's his last name? Tillman. Brendan Tillman. Br- uh, uh, I like Tillman. I don't think I like Brendan anymore. Scott. Thad. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, A, because Doc Venture is Thaddeus Venture. And B, because Thad's, Chad's, Brad's make me mads. Like, I'm not trying to do like an anti-bro thing. It's just those names aren't fun to read and they're not fun to, to like, ugh, I, I just wouldn't want to write that name all the time. Philip. Philip? Philip Tillman. Philip Tillman. Okay, sure. I like Philip Tillman. He sounds like a nerd. Yeah. He sounds like a nerd, but also, like, I can totally see a Philip Tillman doing this. Like, he's not, he's not, he's probably nerdier than, a like, a Peter Parker, right? He, yeah. He for definitely has glasses. But at the same time, he's not, you know, he doesn't wear suspenders, does he? Oh my god, we could. We could make him just the world's biggest weeb. Okay, but then, okay, yeah, I like that. You know what? Totally. And... Maybe he has struggles and he doesn't have a ton of friends. So that's why he's like, fine, I'll be your fucking sidekick. This is, or maybe he's just into it. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, I totally want to help an alien get back to space. Yeah. That's way more fun. Then he, then he can be like plucky. Yeah. Cause it's not plucky if he's being uh, forced to help. Right. Yeah. And we can, we can still put him in situations where he's like, well, I'm going to do a regular teenage thing. And then our alien's like, no, you're not. Yeah. Maybe he does. Maybe he's like, oh my gosh, I get to go to prom. And then while they're at, at, while he's at prom, he gets his pants pulled down or something like that. And he's really embarrassed. And the alien teaches him a lesson that like, it's okay. Someday, you know, you're going to be a great engineer and nobody's going to pull your pants down then. Um, and then he goes and like punches the bully in the dick <laughs> and just like shatters his pelvis because he's real strong. There you go. Yeah. And he's like, if you ever hurt, uh, what was his name? Till- Tillman. What, what's his first name? Philip. Philip. Philip Tillman. If you ever hurt Philip Tillman again, I'm going to kill your parents. And that's when we find out that this alien may not be a good guy. He may Have we have- given this alien the ability to like, be a human or is this alien just walking around prom as a human punching children in the dick no i think so i think the alien stays home uh 
Philip Tillman goes to the prom, comes back crying. Oh, they pulled my pants down and spanked my bare bottom. Then the alien is, you know, it's like, Philip Tillman, do not let the bullies get you down. Positivity is the key. And then goes over to the bully's house in the night, shatters his dick off, and says, if I ever catch you near Philip Tillman again, I swear to God, I'm going to kill your parents. And then, but then maybe the alien gives the bully a healing potion or something and heals his shattered pelvis. So he, there's no proof, but then, yeah. And then it turns, yeah. And then it turns out that uh, the alien is kind of a anti-hero, which would make <laughs> our guy an anti-sidekick. That works. Okay. What, what else about Philip Tillman, I guess? Like, how do we round out this character a little more? Does he, does he maybe find out that, the alien is bad or that the alien is kind of a, a douche maybe like, later on but it's almost funnier for him to just be blissfully unaware yeah because he's so into having an alien superhero best friend that like he yeah he's just like enamored by that idea and it's a really long time before he starts putting the pieces into place yeah that this is just a tiny psychopath there's watching the news one morning there's a report they're like nuclear base in south dakota was viciously massacred oh yeah and then maybe um like when philip tillman does start Alien being... just in the background and maybe their security should have been more firm <laughs> maybe philip tillman is like okay he figures it out after a while and he shifts from i'm gonna try and help you get back to your planet to i'm gonna try and figure out how to kill you and so he is like oh i've got this uh this radiation safety chamber um can we give it a test round and like puts him in the microwave to see if it kills him and it doesn't work and he's like okay gotta figure out a way to maybe electrocute him or something like that so yeah maybe maybe he's got to keep the alien happy while he's all later on on this mission to kill him yeah that were that kind of turns him more into the main character yeah but that would happen later yeah but and yeah and all the while, yeah, then he's still having to deal with, you know, maybe the hero does, is doing some good. And he's, he's just trying to figure out, like, if I have to, you know, if I have to kill you, how would I do it? Like, when he does inevitably try to take over the planet, how do I stop him? In the meantime, though, he is saving the day. Yeah, but always by accident. The hero? Yeah. Okay, like... Like he he act, he accidentally thwarts crime, or is he trying to do something bad and accidentally does something good? I think it could be a mix of them all. Okay, like like maybe besides the U.S. military, there is like an evil corporation that us happens to have all the things he needs. Okay, so he or keeps messing with this evil corporation. Everyone's like, oh, thank God. Yeah, maybe maybe like Apple is actually an alien. Is actually like the 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 aliens that have taken over the planet and they're like yeah we've gotten the planet to rely on our on our phones to just like get by and that's how we maintain control over the planet and yeah so maybe that's you know it's not literally apple but pair logistics yeah so he yeah he maybe he has to like try and sneak in or and accidentally reveals that there's planned obsolescence what (laughs) (laughs) um or or is the Maybe the company is more, you know, do they have like hazardous material or what, what, what other, what other ideas do you have for, for him in this company? 
I feel like I need one example of how he accidentally saves the day or, or I'm not going to be able to wrap my mind around it. Yeah. Um, he's tiny and very strong. And this other organization has infinitely advanced technology because they're aliens. So they can have anything um, and be keeping anything hidden from us as humans. So is, is there a threat to the planet right now? Like, are there giant monsters destroying cities? Are there, are humans aware of alien existence in general? Uh, I want to say no to the alien existence, maybe to the giant monsters. Okay. Maybe like, just like mutants are coming up from the sewers, like giant rats and yeah. stuff. Or okay. just failed experiments of our pair company. Okay. So he is stopping these failed ex- experiments, right? Yeah. Usually because his sidekick is like, oh my gosh, school was canceled because there was a giant badger. And he goes and fights it. Or the, the giant badger just happens to pop up kind of near where the lab is. Like, I can't have this thing wrecking my lab. Okay. Maybe this, does the sidekick, no, I, I was going to say, does the sidekick have like a family member that works at the lab and that's how he knows that shit's happening. But if we give anything connecting the sidekick directly to the storyline then the, the sidekick becomes the hero and he has an alien sidekick. <laughs> so our sidekick can only be connected to any of the superhero activities by the superhero. His, yep. his dad can't be a scientist at pair or anything like that, right? Pretty much, yeah. Because um, the only thing notable about Philip Tillman is that he hangs out with a superhero. I, but I, I like that he's taking on... So is he like doing like raids into into the pair like maybe the, the the superhero whose name we still haven't come up with he's doing raids to like steal equipment or are the failed experiments having like a laser beam eye that he salvages off of it could be a mix kind of seems like this is just a series of events so okay sometimes it's a raid sometimes it's a monster sometimes he goes to a military base sometimes he's just battling childhood obesity yeah i Not- can't have my partner being fat <laughs> yeah don't eat a What will people say? <laughs> Sometimes, quote unquote, healthy alternatives are just as unhealthy for you. Uh, what else? What else do we need to throw in here? So, in summation, I guess, right? He's just a very smart teenager who is helping a space alien. Yeah. Okay. Goes through regular teenage things and. Okay. So are you imagining this being like a comic book or like a Power Run- Power Rangers-esque television show? I mean, I'm kind of imagining a television show. Yeah, me too. Um, like not quite, maybe more like Beetleborgs, you know, where so much of the show was just the wacky hijinks of the monsters, right? Yeah. Like so much of this show would be the wacky hijinks of our superhero. I'm almost thinking something along the lines of... Um... My Teenage Robot, was that what it was called? With Jenny the Robot? Oh, yeah. Something like that. My Life as a Teenage Robot. I didn't watch there the show, go. but... Yeah, okay. So, an animated children's program. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Well, then, let's make our, let's make our plucky teen a younger teen then, right? To appeal yeah. to, the, to the younger audience. Have them be, like, 12 or 13 rather than 17. Because, like, yeah, comic book teens are older teens, right? And cartoon yeah, teens are younger. Yeah, because they're 17 forever. Exactly. All right. Uh, is that an episode, Alex? Kind of seems like it. Do we have a sub one hour episode? I think this is probably our second one, isn't it? Yeah, it might be our second one. But yeah, we definitely had one before that was really short. Was it Monsters Pretty Quick? The Yeah, the Creatures of the Deep one was pretty quick, wasn't it? Yeah. 
And I think Folk Heroes was pretty short too. But mostly it's just because we wanted it to end. Yeah, we were we were tired. We were both tired. Anyway, let's not rehash about how bad we are at our not even jobs, how bad we are at our hobby. Is it my turn for a episode topic or your turn? Sidekicks was mine. Sidekicks was yours. How about martial artists? That sounds yeah? pretty rad. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It was I was honestly between that and a different one. But yeah, let's go with martial artists. All right, that works. Okay. Um, I love you. Thank y'all. Yeah. Thank y'all yeah. for joining us. And until next time, remember wash your hands. <laughs>